magician. They can help you get auto financing for anything in business for over 32 years. Magic Financing is dedicated to customer satisfaction. If you've got credit issues, they have the answer. No matter what your profile is, they can help. They work with people who have fair, bad, or just terrible credit, repayment history, as well as people who have no money down. That's right, no money down. They're located at 6385 North Federal Boulevard with a great auto inventory. Give them a call at 303-298-1155. That's Magic Financing. Features Mago the Magician. They're open Monday through Friday until 8 and Saturdays till 7. Check them out. That's Magic Financing. Call them today at 303-298-1155. Tell them you heard about it here at KUHSDenver.com. Also visit us at www.magicfinancing.com. Good afternoon and welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and boy, do we have a great show for you today. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor, magicfinancing.com. If you need a car, a used car, brand new car, go to Magic Financing. Uh, they will help you to, uh, to finance a car of your dreams. Uh, ask for Maurizio, tell him Charlie sent you, and uh, you know they're the best in town. So we've been shopping for cars from them for decades, and they've always helped us. They've always gotten us into a, a great vehicle. So if you need a new car or a used car, go to magicfinancing.com. I also want to thank uh, KUHS, uh, the stream, for being our platform here for the council. Uh, KUHS, the stream, is broadcasting here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, all across the nation and all across the world, we have some of the best VDJs and programs. Tune in to KUHS if you want to listen to some of the best music and best programs out there. Uh, also want to let people know that I have a, my first book. It's called Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. And you can find the book. It's available for purchase now on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. You can also buy it at StoreBookBaby.com. And it's a self-help book for the soul. Uh, you're acquainted and you get to meet and are introduced to six major players of the Axial Age. The Axial Age was a period of time from 900 B.C. to about 200 B.C., which really laid the foundations for a lot of our spiritual traditions that we have today. These were people that were asking deeper questions and trying to understand uh, how do we overcome the suffering, the violence of the world that they were living in. Because there was experiencing a lot of upheaval, a lot of change, and uh, a lot of violence. And so they were asking these deeper questions uh, about how do we navigate through these times? How do we reach and, and move through this suffering so that we're no longer affected by the things that are happening in the world outside of us that we can manage and take care of ourselves? So you meet people like Socrates in Greece. Uh, Ezekiel in uh, Israel, as Israel was moving from polytheism to monotheism. Uh, you're looking at um, uh, Lao Tzu from China uh, as they're moving into Taoism. And in India, you have people like the Buddha, uh, people who are looking at how to be able to take the four noble truths and bringing that in to understanding that all is suffering, but inside of us is something that is eternal. So Go check out Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. It's a, it's a beautiful book. I know you'll love it. It will help you to, uh, to be able to have a deeper connection to that, that source within you, that, uh, that light of the, the infinite that exists in all of us. So check it out, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. Uh, we will be having some more information about other retreats and workshops that I will be leading here later on in the year. So stay tuned for that. And... Um, yeah. Welcome to the show. Here we are, the council. We are going to be talking with someone who is doing some amazing work for people out there by sharing films and telling stories about people who have experienced injuries but are overcoming it through, this, through adventure, through challenging themselves, through having the courage to be able to overcome whatever came into their life. And and being able to share it in a medium that is very accessible to all. Film is an incredible, it's an incredible medium to be able to share the stories about what other people have gone through. 
And it can be used for entertainment, which very often is what we use it for, to distract ourselves, to escape from the realities that we, uh, that we are living in or just to, be, just to forget about things for a while. But it can also be used to educate, to transform, to uplift us, to see the courage within the human spirit. And, you know, I, I've been a, an actor for many, many years and have uh, engaged in the, uh, in the film arts and have done uh, numerous films. And I just have so much respect and admiration for the many film directors out there who are working so hard to try to make a difference and contribute something to the world to, to make a difference. And the gentleman we have on today is doing that and in a big, big way. His name is uh, Seth Dahl. He's an Army veteran, storyteller, and filmmaker, and is the owner of Big Cedar Media, or BCM. It's a documentary film production company based in Boise, Idaho, and focused on telling impactful stories for brands, businesses, organizations, and individuals. Clients have called BCM's work beautiful, true, authentic, raw, gritty, and inspiring. His film, The Long River Home, which follows three veterans as they kayak down the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon, premiered at the Banff Mountain Film Festival in 2019 and was selected to be a part of the prestigious Banff World Tour, where his film was one of 35 chosen out of 450 films that were submitted. And we're going to be talking about that film here in just a moment. His website is www.bigcedarmedia.com. That's B-I-G-C-E-D-A-R-M-E-D-I-A.com. And wow, what amazing film show. Uh, Seth, it's amazing. Welcome to the show. Um, how are you today, sir? I'm doing so good. Thank you, Charlie, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, you know, I, I had an opportunity to watch your film. It is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I can't wait to get into it and share a little bit about uh, uh, what the film's about and, and the process of filming this, this, uh, this documentary. Um, but I would love for you to just share a little bit about your background and, and how you came to doing the work you do today. Sure. Yeah, so it, I... Uh was in Iraq in 2004, 2005 uh, with the Army National Guard, um, 163rd Infantry, and we were actually doing um, some missions where we were clearing some houses and Associated Press photographer with it was with us taking photos. And I just was watching him work as, you know, uh, throughout uh, the different missions, he was there for a couple of days. And anyway, just decided after watching him and seeing some of his photos, he did share some with me after the fact. Um, I wanted to do what he did. Mm. So I came back to the University of Montana, actually uh, Montana State University in Bozeman, studied photography, and then I, I transferred over to the University of Montana and studied photojournalism there. Um, and journalism turned into filmmaking. Wow. So was it, what was it about what the, the photojournalist was doing? Was he capturing things that were in the moments that you were, as you were going through the, you know, and, and clearing places out? What was it that really inspired you as you were watching this photojournalist moving um, through, this, through the experiences that you were going through? How did, it, how did that inspire you um, to be able to, to change your course and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to be a storyteller. Sure, yeah. I mean, I was 20-something early, you know, young 20s when I was over there. And, um, Outside of uh, the guard, I was—I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So, um, I think I was attracted really by the uh, the adventure uh, that I saw. His name is Sasha, and I don't know his last name. I wish I did. Um, but I was attracted by, you know, his adventurous lifestyle. Just talking with him, and we were in, uh, you know, staging areas, just chatting him up. He would tell me about where he's going next, you know, from the Gaza Strip to Afghanistan to all these conflict zones at that time. And I just thought that was the, uh, uh, the life that I wanted to pursue uh, to sort of stay, you know, out there and adventuring on the edge in, in, in that regard, just telling stories. Um, 
So I think that's what sort of was attractive was the lifestyle yeah. uh, to what and how and the places he'd be able to see and, and uh, different cultures that he'd be able to explore. But also, um, I think the, you know, just the stories in those kind of uh, environments just intrigue me. Oh, I agree. I think once you uh, once you get outside of your comfort zone, uh, and, and the military often does that, it puts us outside of our comfort zones, and, not, and sometimes in it to, to some places that are not so nice. But it opens you up to a world that you didn't even know existed. And I remember one of my travels when I was in Thailand, and I was I think it was the first time I'd ever been to Thailand, uh, and. Here I was, and I came from this first world country, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm seeing poverty like I had never seen before in my entire life. And I remember going up a river, which uh, is, is, one of, is the, one of the major symbols in your film, but I remember going up this river and seeing all this, these monuments to, um, to progress and expansion and, and, and money, finance these big buildings and skyscrapers. And right below one of these skyscrapers was a woman who lived in a tin shed hut. And this was, she was living in such dire poverty. And the river had actually come up and was, had, was flooding and was coming up right into her home and was flooding her home. And there, all of the pots and the bowls were floating around as she's trying to do her laundry and, and, and putting up her laundry on one of the, uh, the, the, the ropes that she had tied up. And I thought, oh my gosh, wow, I, am, I, ha- I have to open myself up to the world a little bit more than, uh, than what I've been accustomed to. I've, I've, I've been taking things for granted. And I just remember the, what a powerful image that was for me. And it opened my spirit to adventure as well. And um, I think that that's part of, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, anybody who's ever had that, that, um, that, that spirit activated in them to see the world. Uh, you become you become more open to the experiences and the cultures uh, around you. Now you also grew up in, I believe, in Montana, right? Did you grow up in Montana? Yes, sir. Uh, and you were driving down. I, I looked on your website. You were driving down the dusty roads in your pickup truck. You had this wild-eyed, dreamy look for adventure. Uh, how did your early experiences uh, in Montana influence your life? and the choices that you ended up making as you became an adult. Yeah, I think, I think just the, the, the beauty of Montana, um, just growing up in that place, you know, with the wide open spaces and the many dusty dirt roads, right, and the big sky. Um, I really grew up outdoors. My parents really sort of took me out, and that's what we did is we went camping or floating mm-hmm. rivers growing up. So, really at a young age was that adventurous lifestyle was cultivated in me or planted in me, I should say. Um, but yeah, as you, you know, be able to drive, you found yourself just plugging down one of the many dirt roads, always just sort of looking for the next adventure, the, looks, the next uh, feature or river or waterfall or, or whatever is out there, right? You just sort of find yourself down these roads. I remember every spring we load up in my buddy's pickup truck and just hit some dirt roads once they were open and see where we ended up. You know, it's a great way to sort of explore and get out. But on those trips, it was always wonderful to sort of keep an open-ended trip, right? We had enough gas money. <laughs> we knew, well, sometimes. We knew where we were going sometimes. Right? We had an <laughs> idea of the you know, ranges we were going to go explore. And, uh, it's always a wonder what you find. Mm-hmm. Like when we go down those roads, it's, it's a wonder what you, what you, what people you end up talking to, um, uh, what you know, things you find. And so I think that really sort of carried over is a, a curious, uh, you know, adult and and uh, curious about all of what's out there, but also just loving people's stories and loving to talk to people and find out more about them. And, uh, you mix adventure and travel and, and experience in with cameras. I mean, that's what we do is, mm-hmm. is, is really dive into your life with a camera and really try to get to know who you are and try to tell it authentic, your story authentically and truthfully and, and how I see it. Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, my young, young age of exploring growing up in Montana, just being as wild as it is, as, as remote as it is, so wide open as it is, um, really sort of sparked that interest, but 
later in life when I started taking a camera on some of those adventures, then, you know, I'd, I'd start documenting people I met, things, places I saw, and it just sort of transitioned nicely into mm-hmm. filmmaking. I find. <laughs> I'm now always looking for stories, always looking to meet people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's fascinating. And, you know, I mean, have, it's that interest in other people. You know, so often we're so concerned about what's going on with ourselves. And, you know, we all have issues and we all have challenges that we have to overcome. But really being able to be interested in what's going on with other people and where they're at. And, what, you know, I, I was driving yesterday. Uh, I was looking at this place that I'm uh, going to be having my first retreat at and, and seeing where people lived and wondering, What's going on? What, how do they live? Why do, what, what motivates them? What excites them? What, what challenges have they had? And to really get outside of yourself so that you're not so self-absorbed and, and learning because life has so many different varieties and diversities out there that being able to really kind of, you know, tap into what, 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 is, what, what drives somebody else, what lights up their soul. You know, it's really been something that I think that you're, in your film here, you've really been able to capture and following and, and getting into the essence of who people are and their vulnerability that is so important when you're trying to communicate a really deep message uh, about how we can transform ourselves no matter what's happened to us. Now, when you were studying... Um, um, your filmmaking, was it your intent possibly to, after your studies, to go back to conflict zones? Was that an, a, an original intent that you had? Yeah, I think that, you know, with my interest in finding uh, or photojournalism and seeing Sasha work, my original intention was to get back to conflict zones, um, not just conflict zones, but just that natural disaster, anything that needed to, you know, be covered by the Associated Press internationally. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, that takes a huge heart <laughs> that, uh, to be able to go there and to be able to document that and open, you know, so that people can see the truth. You know, I think it's about being able to dive into and get into the truth of what's really happening rather than what often gets told to us or, or not told to us because of what, what, uh, what may be going on. Um, was that one of the reasons why you were thinking about going that, that direction? I was, well, I was interested as a journalist for sure. Um, in I think initially it started out as just an adventure, as as wanting a, sort of this romantic lifestyle of travel, international travel, in these wonderful places, documenting people's, um, you know, victories and people's suffering, and the whole. I guess not to be too cliche, but the human condition, right? <laughs> I think that that sort of attracted me to it, um, but. As you know, as I got older, um, I had some life-changing events in my life where I had to change event, uh, who I was and what I was. Um, and around that time frame, I just took on a different uh, goal mm-hmm. uh, or a different different approach. I started looking around me. <laughs> I mean, there's stories all around us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to look across the world for some massive. A big life event to be a story that you want to cover. I mean, yeah, that's romantic and that would be a fun to do and still open for all travel to tell stories. But um, I guess one of the biggest things that I found is just where I was with where I was right now in my existence. What kind of stories could I tell? Mm-hmm. Right around me, every everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And so I started, that pivoted towards veteran stories, people coming back and telling these, these stories that I, as I saw it, mm-hmm. the true stories of, of, of these men and women uh, charging you know, up mountains and down rivers for their recovery. Uh, men that I'd served with, um, not directly, but just in our you know, wounded from, from uh, combat in Afghanistan or, or Iraq, I just felt the connection with them and watching mm-hmm. them push out, you know, uh, in strength, really, from a lot of these attributes that they learned in the military, just as it continued on, mm-hmm. just down a river or up a mountain. I mean, that fellowship or that, that brotherhood, getting together and, and achieving a bigger mission. So I started looking around and seeing this stuff all yeah. around me. And now I could tell soldier stories. Um, so I think to wrap it up, it started with 
wanting this uh, dramatic existence of, of romantic traveling and shooting beautiful photos all over the world. Um, and then it started just, in, and then it sort of turned into um, what's around you and just mm -hmm. telling these wonderful stories about, uh, you know, around areas that I am now, mm -hmm. I guess, in the West, along the rivers and mountains of the West and how people are pushed into them mm -hmm. for recovery but joy right oh yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah it's about recovering joy the joy for your own existence yeah. the joy for your life and and i think it's so beautiful very often we all we do have that especially as young men we have that uh romanticized idealization of traveling to all these exotic places and being able to you know live uh, a life like Lawrence of Arabia or something like that, you know, <laughs> or, uh, and maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't, but sometimes the best stories are right there around us and the best, you know, experiences are right there around us. And we, it, cause it's, it, it's, in, it's, we're, we're, we're embedded in this life and the life that we have is a life that we need to cherish. And I notice in your film, and, and you've been talking about, you know, hiking and kayaking and all these. Is there a, a major theme in your films about act, outdoor activities and nature? Uh, is there some connection that you have uh, that you want to include in the stories that you tell? Yes, yeah, sir. I think we have to start with what we know mm -hmm. as a filmmaker. Um, now, I went to journalism school and learned how to tell a story there from, you know, writing to photojournalism. But I think we need to start with what we know. And for me, I've been a guide out on Idaho's Middle Fork of the Salmon River. I found it when I came back from Iraq. Um, I've been out there for, what is it, four, is it going on 14 years now? So I've been out mm -hmm. there for a little while. But um, I really found that to be sort of an outlet for me, a wonderful outlet for me to escape, mm -hmm. um, you know, get lost on these rivers and, and sort of see where we end up. But I'm sorry, what was your, what was the, the question again? It's about nature, you know, ha having that, because you have all these, the, the uh, symbolism of the river, you know, the, in the long oh, yeah, river yeah, home. Yeah, so it's, there, there seems to be a really strong connection to nature in your films. Yes. Yeah, so we'll start with what we know. That's where I was going with it. Is, uh, and I know rivers. I've guided them for a while here. And uh, I know, you know, uh, veterans. And so mm -hmm. I just found that I find the two. And I think that, you know, with that previous statement of, like, not looking halfway across the world for something, but just stopping, being present, looking around, it plays into that as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know the West. And uh, I know what they've done for me. And so now I can share that, you know, with uh, uh, the world and other people. That's so brilliant. Through film. <laughs> that is, and yeah, I don't think it, it's nothing too deep about it, is there? It's just is that we look around. I just learned to look around. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think too, as a as a filmmaker or as an artist, you know, it's uh, pay it. You know, you pay attention to what's around you. You pay attention to the truth that's right there present all the time and you start as the more as you start getting an eye for the things that, that you know that that exists the, the truth of how the the, the the nature is around you and the, and the people and the places and the things it becomes so rich and so vibrant and, and the colors start to come out for you and then the stories just start to like tell themselves and as a filmmaker you know i think uh, it's such a you have such a huge huge responsibility to try to share these stories in meaningful ways and but you got to be clear about the kind of stories that you want to share so as a filmmaker what are your what are the kind of stories that you want to tell uh and what do you hope to contribute uh, as a documentary filmmaker yeah I guess it goes back to that theme of start with what you know. So I know a lot of, you know, uh, I'm finding outdoor sports to really carry, um, you know, the storyline mm -hmm. for, for the projects that I'm working on. So the longer we're home, you know, we have this Grand Canyon backdrop, right? Um, and I wanted to personify the canyon and the river, you know, have it as somewhat of a character because we are out there, you know, testing ourselves in it. Um, and so I find that, yeah, the outdoor theme is what I know. Um, 
outdoor sports and adventure is what I've pushed myself into mm -hmm. from kayaking to river guiding or whatever. So it just is a natural uh, offshoot of, of start with what you know. And that uh, I'd be out there forever with the camera in hand, you know, uh, just taking photos around me. And next next thing you know, I turn and take a photo of people, right? Next thing that, shoot a video of these people. Next thing you know, and turn into edits of people. And uh, next thing you know, you have a storyline that comes in. And next thing you know, you know, you, you find yourself in some pretty amazing places, pretty cool rivers, just in, in attempts of exploration with your buddies. So, yeah, start with what you know. And I think that's that's uh, what's motivated me for uh, a lot of these years with mm -hmm. the films that I've, I've been telling. I like to use sport, um, outdoor sport, to, uh, you know, as, as a theme or as a, um, um, well, an activity, let's call it an activity, to use outdoor sport as an activity that gets us through the, uh, uh, the film that carries us through it. But there's always these deeper themes that I'm sort of stuck on right now uh, mm -hmm. with our, our attempts pushing outside into the wilderness. And, you know, for instance, in the Long River Home, the river sort of persona uh, is sort of this, um, this is sort of life in its own way without being too cliche. Yeah. Um, because in a sense, we are going down river. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a great metaphor for for how we are to approach life. Whether I find a lot of people I know and a lot of people uh, just in life in general can get eddy, um, and an eddy is is a side shoot of a river that goes back around again. And it's sort of it's not a strong whirlpool, but it just goes around and around and around. And you can find yourself in an eddy in life, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's rapids in lives. There's of course, those would be struggles or challenges. There's calm stretches, you know, there's flat mm -hmm. water stretches. So without being uh, too cliche, we really wanted to just explore that mm -hmm. as a river is life and, and have uh, the three men in our film go down the river. I wanted them to go down as a, as a team and, and see if we can bring them together. Uh, someone left a great quote uh, or a great review on my Facebook page about that the film is, is the three um, characters sort of like individual streams themselves coming together to form one river at the end. Oh, that's beautiful. And I like that. Yeah. It makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And after having seen the film, yeah, that absolutely, you know, and it is, uh, I, I love the, how the character of the river, I mean, it is a major character and it plays in, in the symbolism of that and how we are all journeying in life. We, and, and getting caught up in our own eddies and circling back and, fall, and falling back into old patterns again. And you can't get out of those patterns or those, those rapids that we go down and hitting those rapids and those struggles and those challenges and those obstacles that come up. And also those calm periods where everything is so peaceful and amazing and everything is connected. And the river is going down into the ocean. You know, you're going back down into that place where we all came from. I mean, it's... And, Again, the ancients had talked about this in their stories, and the river has always been a major, major theme in understanding the journey of life. And I just love it. I absolutely love what you have done with this film. Could you briefly share, before we uh, share the clip um, for everybody, what the, uh, what the Long River Home is all about? Yeah. The Long River Home, it's a, it's a film about letting go of uh, war and moving on. It's a story of hope. Um, it's, it's about three men's mission uh, to move down the Grand Canyon uh, on a 14-day river trip. So we were part of a uh, larger river trip, and our little pod of people, uh, the production and the characters in the film. We all went down a guided river trip and uh, told the story. But what it's about, the film it's about, is, is um, it's about that exactly, just sort of letting on, letting go in life and moving on, learning how to uh, learn what we've, or, or apply what we've learned in the military in some aspects or just in life to, to overcome adversity. Mm. Um, mm. And in our, it's about 
use kayaking as a as a tool for that right mm -hmm. um that's been inspired by multiple organizations one of which is team river runner who, who have, takes uh, veterans out on the river uh teaches them how to uh, this is not a team river runner film but there are large inspiration the guys in the film uh learn through team river runner also russell davies mission is ptsd um uh, and that it's a nonprofit that gets veterans out on the water as well. And Russell is a character in our film, but mm -hmm. that, they teach veterans how to for these extreme sports and purchase their gear and all that stuff. So um, there's all these these nonprofit outlets, but our film was completely by itself separate from any of those nonprofits. Just wanted to really just focus on story um, and and this concept of, of letting go and learning to to move on. That's amazing. Well, let's uh, let's show everybody who's tuning in today. And for those of you who are listening, you just have to hear of what the film is and you'll have to take it out when we get to where you'll be able to view it. But I want <clears throat> for everybody to be able to watch it right now. So uh, I'm going to switch to the video. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it is so touching. And that moment there that you have captured, um, Seth is so awesome, so authentic, so real, so truthful. Um, and it's so incredibly moving. And to see the courage and the tenacity and the strength and the resiliency of those three men as they're moving down that canyon the Grand Canyon and hitting those waves and working together to be able to overcome their challenges is, is so brilliant. Um, can you just share a little bit about each of the three guys so that people can give some context about what they just saw there in the video clip? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, Lonnie Bedwell uh, is a kayaker. Um, so he was going down the whole Grand Canyon there. The mission is, is for Aaron and Russell to get mom successfully down the Grand Canyon. Um, and he was, was he was blind, right? Third. He's blind. Yes. He's blind. Yeah. He's a Navy. Lonnie is a Navy veteran. He was a submariner and he was shot in the face in a hunting accident, a turkey hunting accident and blinded instantly. 
um, who he has a powerful story. And there's a, another a film about him out there called The Vision, which is worth checking out if you want to dive more into him and Team River Runner. Um, and that, so yeah, we got Lonnie, who's a blind kayaker, um, and we have Aaron Howe, who's a Marine, former Marine. Um, he's a double amputee, uh, double amputee, lost his legs in Afghanistan. And then we have Russell Davies, who's an Army 101st Airborne Infantry vet. Um, and uh, he's now a professional kayaker and runs his organization, PTSD. Um, and uh, so those are, the, yeah, those are the three characters. And and uh, myself, I'd like to give a call to, you know, some of the people part of the project, which was Will Stock and Lawrence helped me shoot that. So as we will possibly talk here a little later, um, about that, the, the background and the challenges of it. This is a team project by making a film. I'm fine. I found out. Um, but I want to say that Will Spinoza helped me shoot that down in the canyon. Um, him and I really worked well together as a team. And then we wouldn't have been there without our producer, our executive producer, Timmy O'Neill. Um, Timmy O'Neill really make that trip happen. So, and with his influence, we picked up Cliff Bar as our sponsor. And uh, along the way, I've had a lot of other people helping me, uh, from Tom Atwater, who helped me edit the film, to um, you know, colors to sound designers. So it's it, the list goes on. But um, yeah, those are the three characters, and and myself and Timmy O'Neill and Will Stoffer Norris, and we had a Brandon Hudson help us with sound and sort of PA for us, and um, uh, Sarah Leone helped just put the, get the trip together, but. Yeah, it was a it was an amazing trip to be a part of it. down the Grand Canyon for days with the film crew and watch these guys just paddle together. Uh, it was wonderful. Oh, it's it's so my goodness, uh, you know I I found it uh, to be so inspiring. Uh, you know, we we take for granted some of the things that uh, many of us um, for the life that we have, and then we see someone who's been challenged in life. And to be able to overcome those challenges, like being, you know, like Lenny who has, was blinded and the other gentleman who had lost his legs and to getting out there on the river together and to being a team and to forming that, that, uh, that camaraderie and being able to help him to get down the river and giving them the sound cues to listen as he's going down that river, I mean, is incredible. It is. And, and it gives me chills just thinking about it. Um, what was it like to make this film, uh, Seth? And was it a crash course <clears throat> in independent filmmaking? <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, it, it, from day one. I mean, I uh, when Timmy O'Neill, he's a professional climber, and uh, he asked me. Well, quick uh, side story to that is that I met Timmy on uh, a film trip where I was actually a guide for Lonnie. So I guided Vaughn yeah. Bedwell down his, uh, was one of the guides, this other guy, Chris Drew and I were a team, and we took turns guiding Monty down the Grand Canyon. Um, and as part of um, a trip with Eric Weinmere. Um, Eric Weinmere is a blind climber, uh, blind adventurer, um, and his attempts to do the Grand Canyon. He did it, the film is out there right now called The Weight of the Water, another wonderful film uh, about his trip. And I was able to be on that trip as a guide. Um, and I was working with Lonnie's team and just negotiating the whole 21 days down the Grand Canyon with Lonnie. So I learned how to you know, guide a blind kayaker through that trip um, and just really was moved by that. And on that trip, um, Timmy O'Neill sometime after got together with Lonnie and uh, Timmy asked me to produce a film. He knew I was an aspiring filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So Timmy extended a hand back to me uh, and to help me up and into the, the filmmaker world, offered this trip and put it together. Without him, it wouldn't have happened. And through his influence, we got our, our title sponsor, Cliff Bar, and now we find ourselves in Grand Canyon. So it was a, a testament, you know, to, to a lot of people that sort of did this happen behind the scenes. Well, it, it uh, <clears throat> I was so amazed about the, the qual I mean, the filming. I mean, you were able to, how was you able to get some of those shots? on the river like you did and even when you went underwater i think there was a couple places where you, the, the camera actually yeah. went underwater and you're you're right there as they're going through the rapids and coming i mean it was so and then the the visuals of the canyon 
were incredible. How were yeah, you able to get those oh, shots? Well, I mean, we got it. We have GoPros that we we're able to set up. We mm -hmm. have Will would kayak along and he'd get out behind, uh, run up the hillside real quick and shoot. Down. I'd be in the, uh, the J rig up in front of the big boat um, that Azro was the company that took us down. I'd be up front of the boat and we'd uh, uh, zip ahead and get into this eddy and my boatman Ed Hassey would would push the boat up the eddy and I'd get in a position and jump out and set my tripod on a rock or set my camera on a rock and shoot up the guys as they'd come through. So it really, it was running gun uh, filmmaking. Because, uh, <laughs> wow. because it was a challenge. I mean, to go back to the previous question, the challenge and crash course have been making. So that's how the trip, the film sort of came that way with uh, Timmy O'Neill extend the hand back and then we ended up on this trip but just to raise funds I had to raise funds for a camera I wanted to shoot it on a cinema camera didn't have a nice filmmaking camera yet so I, I had to raise money and, and was able to purchase a nice cinema camera and uh, got, a, got a red shot the, shot the story on the red and then came back and as I was editing the film um, I guess I, I drastically under you know uh, estimated the time and the challenge of uh, going in depth with the story because we have a concept film that we're we're telling. Mm -hmm. It's it's really three men stories that weave together. Like I said, sort of like a river into form a, a, a larger river. Right by the end, that was the idea, and that's the film I set out to make is to tell three individual stories and have them come together uh, to tell a bigger story. But mm -hmm. yeah, Timmy really asked me to make the film, and I I was able to you know he asked me to make a vet film about overcoming. Uh, uh, you know, or about that pushing out for their recovery. Um, had had so these in that process. I mean, had these vets met each other before, before the film? So we had. Um, let's see. Ron, Lonnie Bedwell knew Aaron Howell, and they had paddled together mm -hmm. uh, before. Um, and Russell was the new new guy to the bunch that we picked up sometime later and brought into. The uh, to make the trip happen. Mm -hmm. So those two knew each other. Uh, Russell met him on the, on the camp. And, or before, or when we were doing the trips before. And what was it like to watch them gel together? How long were you on the river for when you were filming it? Yeah, uh, we were on the river for 14 days. Okay. On the trip. So, you know, shorter than the ones I've done in the past down the Grand Canyon. But, yeah, 14-day river trip, which is, there's a lot of mountains to cover I mean, we have <laughs> 226 was yeah. the, the morning outs down there, 226 miles, you know? So, I mean, um, a little ways down to the first takeout. But we have a lot of days, and so in there, like with documentary filmmaking, man, it was just a challenge to just shoot everything. Like we have uh, these guys that are really, you know, bonded. They did a couple trips beforehand, but then I found that throughout the river trip, you know, they got better as a team through struggle and trial, right? Mm -hmm. there, and and they got tighter. Um, and we show that and develop that a little bit in the film, but really, Lonnie's just an amazing kayaker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, he, he just knows where he's at. And and uh, I'm always blown away. Our joke out there is like, Lonnie, are you sure you're flying? Like, oh, no, <laughs> you see, he's just making a pool out of all this. Like, he just has this sixth sense about him. And wow. so, really, they just did great. It yeah. was wonderful to watch, and, and I think that being a filmmaker telling this kind of story, I knew what the, the guides were experiencing. Um, having been a guide the year before that way of water trip with Bonnie. And so, yeah, I think just watching you know, them come together over the course of a river trip and, and, and getting tighter. And uh, we, to back to the filmmaking, is Will and I had to shoot everything. Like, so we're just covering all the day's events for 14 days of anything they can. And of course, later on, I mean, I have a working treatment that I took into the film, but later on the film gets made in post-production. You know, as you know, really the story comes together and mm -hmm. I have the concepts that I shot out on the river, but the storyline and everything gets built later. So really I underestimated the challenges of post-production with the really diving in deeper on this kind of story. And, and uh, um, you know, it went through, had to go through numerous edits and re-edits. Mm -hmm sit on it for a while and watch it some more. And I think I, I'm very um, sensitive to this story as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a veteran story. Uh, I'm a vet as uh, really want to 
honor these men as I see them. And um, we, I wanted a very specific voice with this kind of a film uh, that is not, you know, uh, it, it's more of an overcomers. Like, okay, these things happen, let's, we're doing this, we're kayaking now. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really a positive tone. And oh my gosh. Then, yeah, I was pretty sensitive to this world as well. So it took a while to get, get through there, uh, get through the edits, um, get denied some festivals, told me to find ourselves on the back end, uh, finishing all the edits. Um, I did not want to put myself into it. Charlie, had to, uh, the producer, really wanted me to put myself into it earlier on. And I kept saying, no, I never even shot myself down. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, but well later, I decided that uh, it makes sense to have myself bookended to set the film up and conclude the film mm -hmm. and myself in. And I was able to uh, go down and get some film from Michael Brown and, and Eric Weinmayer for the way to water trip. They shot uh, footage, Andy Mazur shot some footage of myself drawing down there. And mm -hmm. I was able to go license the footage from, from uh, Michael Brown and Eric Weinmayer. So they want to th say thank you. Uh, they're, you know, for, for, for hooking us up with that. It really, I think, added uh, some setup and to the, to the story that was absolutely needed. So, um, yeah, I, I learned so much through this whole process of, of storytelling. <laughs> of my first 20-minute film. I can't even imagine a feature. Oh. I don't know what that feels like. So. <laughs> well, I, I, right think you're, I think you're well on your way to having a, a, an outstanding, amazing feature film in you. Uh, and, and yeah, you have to. We all have to take these steps. There's no shortcut to anything. You got to take these 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 steps as you get through it. And a lot of times, people don't re recognize and realize the, the, the or the whole team, the the production that is involved in order to make a simple a, a 20 minute film like you've made. And so, you know, can you share? I mean, I surely certainly want to you know let other people know what's involved in a production like this. How how much time did it take you to from when you started filming? to when you actually had the final product that you submitted to the film festival? It's a little longer for 20 minutes for this one. Um, granted, it's my first film, uh, like stated. So, um, but yeah, it was a passion project. I think we shot it in 2017, September 2017, um, and finished editing this last, this summer. Um, for the for the Banff Mountain Film Festival deadline, so I believe that was in was it July I finished July of 2019 I finished editing. I you know it was a crash course in many ways, but one of which I you know had to keep stepping stepping away to other jobs to uh, you know financially make it and then step back into editing this this project. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was a lot of sacrifice and just being able to get myself into a red camera, which was super expensive and. Mm -hmm. To, to even shoot the film on, right? Um, I think it, it was worth the risk to get that camera beforehand, even though uh, I, I, I feel like it, it, it uh, adds a lot of deep value to the cinematography, uh, having a nice 5K camera that shoots you know, slow motion. And so I think it was, a, it was a great risk in that regard to have that camera, bring that camera on board. But yeah, I think it just bumped, you know, not having a lot of funds to edit the film on throughout, um, you know, was a challenge on to, to really focus in and produce. So it bumped our time frames, all, all expanded our time frames, I should say. Mm -hmm. But in that journey, I mean, you start meeting people. <laughs> I explained this, this quest. It's sort of on this quest, and like it's been this dark tunnel that I've been creating some art on for the last three years, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I think you're, you're walking down this tunnel, and, and, and you're footsteps and everything is like illuminated and lit up and you know where you're at all of a sudden you arrive or you find something in that dark tunnel it's a person that knows something or points you in the right direction right yeah. or helps you in some way writes a check for you or does something for you you know like you build a pillar of remembrance right build yeah. that thing up say okay how oh, i got here and then just go back off into the dark again um and I kept doing that, you know, for the last forever. And every time I needed something, I'd ask and look and find and somebody would come along with the help or knowledge. And then you end up out, the, out on the other side of the tunnel, right? And now you look back and there's this twisted path that's all of a sudden lit. Mm -hmm. and, and with the remembrance known. So I, 
I don't know. It's a it's a fun visual that I look at in my own mind. It's a process. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the river. You know, it's kind of like the river. I mean, it seems oh, yeah. to be such a major thing as you're going through those twists and turns and into the canyons, and you don't know you don't know what's next around the bend. You don't know what might be there. You, it could be something. It could be rapids. It could be calm. It could be a, a, an oasis. It could be the ocean. You don't know. But you have to go through it, and it's always satisfying when you've completed that journey. And I think that's one of the things that really resonates in your film to me is that, you know, we don't always get to choose what happens to us, but we do get to choose what we do with it. And, you know, we all have to make those tough decisions in life to achieve a greater good. How does that play into your life and, and your films in this idea of, of making tough decisions in life to achieve a greater good? What does that look like for you and, 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 and the films that you make? Yeah, I, I guess I could relate with um, making tough decisions uh, that some of our characters have to face. All three of them have made decisions. I mean, I know Lonnie and Aaron had literal couch moments where they had to make a decision. They were on the couch and they had to make a decision. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, do I get up and live life or do I not? And each one of them had, and Russell as well. Russell had his own decisions, hard decisions to make. But in those moments, it's like, you have, in Lonnie's situation, it was a little daughter's coaxing him up off the couch. Oh. And I think that he tells that story in Field of Vision um, that encouraged him. And from there, he's like a roofer now, an electrician, and like a kayaker, a hunter, and he's everywhere, you know, pitch black blind. He just got done with climbing Aconcagua down in South America with another blind bet. So, I mean, nothing's really stopped him. And then you have have Aaron who's made a decision to kayak, to get up off the couch and go kayak. And now I think he does that most every day. Wow. You know, I try to talk with him every, every couple months and he's really found his rhythm kayaking. And Russell now has found a, founded a nonprofit that he really helps give back now. So everybody's sort of, and in that, in, and go back to Russell, in his process, he's found all these friends that uh, helped him out of the situation that he was in. Wow. So. Uh, and with Aaron, a lot of them have Team River on a veteran organization that was there to say, hey, come kayak with us. So, I mean, they made those decisions to push out, similar to my pitch black story of moving out into the dark tunnel to make a film. Mm -hmm. But in that process, I mean, it's the same story. They found people out there. They made a tough decision to get up off the couch. And they found people mm -hmm. to, to, or organizations that wanted to help. So... I think with my own self and bringing myself into it is like I can come back full circle. I mean, I had to quit drinking uh, six years ago. Um, I, it was time. I just was uh, being held up by, by some of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided that if I wanted to be a filmmaker, I was going to have to, you know, back deck some of the things that I was involved in and that drinking and having fun and, and, uh, I mean, whatever, with that, that's, I don't snub my nose at it. It just was, for me, it was time to make change. Yeah. For me, it was time to assess my situation and say, hey, if, if I want to do these great things that I want to do as far as filmmaking like, and live this life that I'd like to live, then I have to be accountable as a man and then yeah. look at my own situation and say, how can I better this? Because mm -hmm. some of the stuff that I was bringing in to my own scenario was uh, – the very thing that's hobbling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, is so important for everybody who's going through, uh, you know, caught in the eddy of your life, right? You're kind of just kind of circling and getting caught in whatever that's uh, an addiction of some kind or toxic relationship or toxic uh, environment or something that happened to you. It's, it's really making that decision that I can either stay here or stuck or I can get out of this. And if I'm going to be accountable, if I'm going to make those choices and I'm going to make those changes in my life, I got to be accountable to myself. I got to take full accountability and see the truth of what's going on in my life right now. And I can't change what happened, but I can make a different choice today. And every better choice that I make is going to lead me to that, that promised land or that better life or whatever it may be. 
But it, originally, it's got to start with us. And to see these stories that you've shared in this film of the vets that have overcome their challenges and yours as well to becoming the, this incredible filmmaker is so incredibly inspiring. I mean, it is just, oh my gosh, I, I was so thrilled to, uh, to have you on the show because I think it's so important to let people know you can, you can get out of whatever situation that you're in. You can climb out of it. You're not limited. And, and it's just, uh, just a wonderful story that you've shared with, with the world. And I want you to share a little bit about the, uh, the Banff Mountain Film Festival that the Long, home, uh, the Long River Home premiered at and, and about this uh, prestigious world tour that, it's, uh, that it has been selected to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, so it's on tour right now with the Banff Mountain Fest Film Festival uh, World Tour. Uh, that 43 countries, you know, in the world, which is a half, they, they say they have a half a million person reach um, in this world. So that's a wow. uh, sort of it's a granddaddy film festival for mountain films. It's one of the biggest, um, most well known. Um, yeah, and so. Uh, I went up there in October. So after coming through that dark tunnel, I, I told you all about it. would come out on the other end, um, right in time for a deadline. I met my deadline. Like the goal was to, to submit to Banff Mountain Film Festival. And submitted to that. We just had to wait for a couple months and then found out we got in. Um, <laughs> and I, I gotta say, that's always been sort of a pipe dream, you know, because I had to go, I got denied another film festival because the film wasn't quite ready enough, ready yet. Um, got some great feedback from there, took that feedback and got other people's feedback and tried to make it better. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, but I still felt like it was a long shot, you know, to get into BAM, I'll be honest. Like I knew it was, I was in love with it. It was like my little baby, right? I mean, yeah. we spent all this stuff, all this time making this thing and, you know, you make this beautiful little baby that you, you really love. And, <laughs> and well, the reality is, is a lot of, sometimes you know, not all babies are beautiful. I mean, <laughs> cute, cuddly, and little babies are wonderful. But yeah. you know, the reality is, is, is uh, that it could could very much not make that best. And anyway, to get into that was a uh, sort of a pipe, a life dream for me. Um, you know, to to get into that festival. Uh, and I had set a goal to make a get a film into a mountain film festival, a big festival. Um, before I was 35 years old. And in this process of making Long River Home, I missed my goal by two years, um, <laughs> but I, I got it. You still I, got I it. I held on. Yeah, and you I, still got I, it, I got, you didn't quit. I got in, didn't quit, and I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's been a lesson in you know, persistence and perseverance and, and just nation, but also aiming as big as possible, as big as you can, just aim high and see where you end up, right? Yes. And, and so I think that getting in the Banff was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Go up there, drive up there, present the film, first one I had the opportunity of doing, and then to be selected for the Banff World Tour. So they had 400 plus this year submitted and they select 35 for the World Tour. And so we'll be, all, we've been all over uh, the Pacific Northwest and, and L, it's playing else all over the country, I should say. I don't, I don't know exactly where it's at right now, but all over Canada, the United States, and then all, it's going through the Europe as well right now. Where's the best place um, for people to, uh, Seth? Where's the best people, uh, place for people to see the film? Can they, uh, I mean, look up Banff and see where it's uh, playing so that they can watch it? How, how can people? Because I certainly want others to be able to watch the film because it's so brilliant. Uh, how can they? How can they? Um, Get a chance to view the film. Yeah, you can go to, um, well, I mean, you can do the Facebook plug. You can get uh, register for email updates for me, Big Cedar Media. That's on my website, bigcedarmedia.com. You'll find the, the Long River Home tab, and you can click on that and subscribe email-wise, and I'll, I'll do some responsible mail chipping um, and updating uh, at when I have updates. But there's a great website out there to just check the dates of where the Banff World Tour will be playing. And it's just under the Banff um, World Tour uh, website. You can just Google that Banff World Tour website and that should, or Banff World Tour and that should pop up with some information. They have a real detailed list of, of when and where it will be playing and with uh, local hosts to reach out to to find if the longer the home will be playing. Um, 
but also my Facebook page as well. Okay. No longer home Facebook page. I update as much as possible. We're getting into other festivals as well, other than just the Banff World Tour, but that's the big one. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be playing Boulder International Mount, uh, International Film Festival. So okay. Boulder International Film Festival. That'll be in March. So you'll be down here in March. Boulder, Boulder, Colorado? Yeah, that's Boulder. Yep, Boulder, Colorado International, wow. Boulder International Film Festival. Fantastic. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> that's outside of the Mount Film Festival world. Yeah. Um, but it'll be playing there. And then, yeah, we've played Flagstaff um, Mountain Film Festival and, and uh, you know, uh, Adventure Uncovered in, U in the United Kingdom in London there. And then, um, yeah, we're getting into, I'm, I've entered, I'm entering many, many more. Mm. Just got on the uh, world paddling uh, tour. Mm -hmm. So it's the, it's the, uh, the World Paddling Film Festival World Tour. That's um, so amazing. We just got into there. So, yeah. set, set the I've entered many more. Well, <laughs> congratulations on it. It's fantastic, brilliant. I wish you the best of luck on this film. It is, and I think everybody needs to watch it. Uh, it is so inspiring. It fills people filled me up with so much hope, and and feeling that that you know the human spirit is unstoppable. And when it is given just a chance, just to, just to something to ignite it, some hope, whatever it is, it can overcome just about any challenge, if not every challenge, that is presented. And I just love this film. Uh, you also have a set. We only have, I can't believe we're almost done. We're, we're right up at the edge here. Um, really quick, I know you have a second film in the works. It's called Flowing Air. And could you share just a little bit? Uh, about the project that you have coming up for our audience? Yeah, Flowing Air follows uh, my friend Lane Lamoureux as he's uh, recovering from a paragliding accident. His life is sort of, I've been following him for five years now, and his life has just been uh, one after another, one obstacle after another. So um, we've just been documenting all of his major life events over the last five years, and, and, and uh, he really finds his peace and, and joy and freedom in, the, in flight. Mm. So a lot of the same themes as Long Over Home. We have another overcomer story. I think we can learn from Lane. Lane's got a really powerful story of resilience and um, a great attitude on how to approach you know, adversity in life. But um, we, we're using paragliding in this film and uh, flying as our, our tool to tell a deeper story. Wow. Amazing. Seth, amazing but work. We have a, amazing. We have a Facebook page, uh, that's, and that's another tab under my website if people are interested in, in learning more. Again, they can subscribe to email updates or, or get on the Facebook page while in there and follow along. So just at the very beginning, I've been following it for five years, but very beginning. So for people to, be, to stay in contact with you, just go to your webpage, uh, Facebook, is that what you, is that the best way for people to get in contact and follow you and, and to see, continue what, what you're, what you're working on? Yes, sir. Okay. I think that's the website and email updates is a great way to, to, uh, well, first off, follow Facebook and then email updates okay. if they're interested. So fo folks, for you who are out there, the website is big, big cedar media.com. Again, that's BigCedarMedia.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, support Seth and his work. Watch this film. It is absolutely incredible. Um, we are done with the council for today. But before we go, I want to make sure that I do a quick shout out here to KUHS RadioTVDenver.com. That's uh, KUHS The Stream. Uh, thank you, Henry, and everybody here for supporting and being the platform here for the council. Uh, we're broadcasting out here out of Denver to all across the nation, to all across the world. We're being listened to by so many different countries. Thank you for tuning in to the council. Thank you for honoring me as, your, as the host of the show. Uh, I, and I just, without you, the show wouldn't be possible. And Seth, before we sign out, I always ask my guests, um, before, we, before we close, if they could give, if you could give one bit of advice one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? Oh boy, hot seat. Um, well, I think we should ask and I think we should listen more. Mm. Yeah, listen more. Just stop, 
just listen. Listen to what we have to say. Don't try to impose your will on anybody. Listen. Ask and listen and inspire. Love it. Sir, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you, Charlie, for having me. That was wonderful. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in to the council. The council is adjourned. Uh, we will be back in two weeks with another great show. Excuse me, great show. Uh, may you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. Uh, council is adjourned. See you in two weeks. God bless. Suffer and who catch all the hair.